Welcome to Banking on the Banks. I'm so excited to be here with you. My name is Gloria Mayfield Banks, and this is my phenomenal, lovely husband. Ken, introduce yourself. Well, thank you. You know, when I get called phenomenal, phenomenal by my wife, it's not, it's not often, right? So I like that. I like the fact that she's calling me phenomenal now. So this is really great. My name is Ken Banks. We are so excited to begin this uh, journey, uh, this podcast journey. And so welcome. We have a full life. I mean, it is so crazy. So full. packed, so, so damn full. So packed. We just came back from a fabulous wedding this weekend. It was amazing. And we met somebody that Ken worked with in Dubai, and then he came over here. I love their love story, but it was a phenomenal wedding, wasn't it? It was it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they, they had the they had a, a the wedding, they had a boat ride after the wedding, the reception, you know, at the dock, at the at the pier you know, after the boat ride. And then you, you, you had maybe an hour if you wanted to change or whatever, went to another location and partied all night. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was fabulous, you know? Okay. But I love the love story. I love the love story. So this guy works in Dubai and he was finished with his work in Dubai and he was coming home. And when he landed in New York, he called his friend, you know, how you call your friend. So he called his friend. His friend said, I'm at this fabulous party. Just drop your bags and come over. He dropped his bag, went to this fabulous party met his wife at the party. Oh my gosh, I love a love story. They fell in love, they got married. We were up there in Gloucester, Massachusetts. But the deal was, my bags didn't make it. We were an hour from the airport. Because why? We're only going for two days, right? <laughs> we're only going for two days, but she got to carry, a, you know, she had to check a bag. I said, don't check a bag, don't check a bag. <laughs> now it's kind of amazing because we only, we didn't have a stop in between. We went from Baltimore, BWI to Logan and Boston. And you would think that they'd be able to get that right. But, but no, see, we get there, wheel goes around, you know, that little that term wheel goes around. <laughs> We're waiting and waiting and waiting. Everybody got their bag, everybody's gone. Her bag didn't come. Yeah, you but know? see, this is the problem. <laughs> This is such a big problem. It wouldn't be such a problem any other time of the year, but because we're leaving to go away for 28 days, he wants me to do carry-on. Carry-on for 28 days. I know all my girlfriends are over there like, what? What? Now, some of you girlfriends are like, oh, I could do it. I could do it, but you're not my girlfriend. Okay, the ones <laughs> that understand me are like, she cannot pack for 28 days. So I've been pleading, <laughs> pleading that I can have at least one check bag. He said yes. I did say yes because you know, otherwise you all this yak 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 yak. But sometimes you say, "All right, all right, just go ahead and do it." No, so we're, we're compromising on that, and it's not going to be bad. But twenty eight days, you don't want to carry a whole lot of luggage with you. We haven't even talked about that. We just talked about the wedding. I mean, but prior to the wedding, we we were in Dallas for a week, yes. celebrating celebrating, uh, you know, basically your uh, graduation from Mary Kay yes. uh, Cosmetics after a thirty three year career, yes, and being number one in the company for yes. six years in a row for the last six years. Gloria has been number one in the world in Mary Kay Cosmetics, and so. So we went there. We had a really good that. time. It was right. fun to be with him, fun to be with the family. Both our right. daughters, um, our daughters both earned pink Cadillacs. So mm -hmm. we had a lot to celebrate. It was a, that it was was, a great time. But it was, was busy. It was busy. And right, right. before that, we, we were, were in Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard with the five grandchildren. I like to say four grandchildren and one Tasmanian devil. One five Tasmanian devil, a little one. He's mad. So that boy is sweet. that boy is something else. But anyway, <laughs> so we had a great time with them over the five. Over the five. Now here, here's here's something that I probably shouldn't bring up, but I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, bring it up it anyway. Up. Bring I'm it gonna, up. I'm gonna bring it up. Bring it up. I'm gonna bring it up. So you know the the the, the kid the five kids 
come to the house in um, in you know Baltimore Maryland, area. Mm-hmm. and um, and but I I'm doing business in Europe, so I'm in I'm in uh, Brussels, I'm in Paris, I'm in Barcelona, and then so the kids were here, and I was still in Europe, and so Gloria drove from here with the kids to Martha's Vineyard, which is about eight hours something right. like that. And she gets, you know, she gets some Martha's Vineyard. But I wasn't, did I come that day? I came that day. Yeah. So, but I, <laughs> yeah, I flew into Logan. And no, another, flew into, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, JFK, doesn't matter where I flew. I flew into something, <laughs> took another plane and flew into Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> and then she picks me up and she said, something's, wrong, something's wrong with this, you know, situation. Something's wrong with this. But anyway, but we've had a, we've had a heck of a summer. No, 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 we've don't forget t- that part because... The plan I'm was to move on. he was going to drive on. back with us. But for some reason, he couldn't fit all his things and his one luggage in the car. So he flew and, back and, and, who's and fault, I drove and back fault 11 was that? hours Whose back. fault was that? Because she packed the car so completely full. That's why, that's why I think she cannot, you know, we got grandchildren and her. It's a huge car, right? But there was so much luggage. They had two extra seats, so much luggage. Both extra seats were filled. All the luggage, they could barely make the luggage in the car. And so when I get there, I'm taking one seat and one additional seat, right? Plus my luggage. There's no room. Why do you have to bring so well, much stuff? Why do you have to pack the house to go for a couple of weeks? The I don't reason, to a beach. To a beach. You just bah, bah. But anyway, but so that's reason, what happened. The reason that we are their favorite couple is because of the reality is he always blames everything on me. Yes. And I know you guys can all relate. To yeah. him blaming yeah. everything on me. But I'm yeah. good with it. It only works when she does what I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with it. So now uh-huh. we're getting ready to take off again. We're going to take off again. We're going to take off again. We're going to Southeast Asia for uh, 26 days, I think it is. And uh, five countries in 26 days. And so and it it says it's going to be amazing. Song, Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to so, you. This is Ken's birthday present. She, she, well, no. See, that, that's a misrepresentation. <laughs> so it was. It started out as a birthday present, right? I did a birthday party in Baltimore. This is even before that. So I did a, a big 70th birthday party for yeah. myself. You know, had rented out the top floor of the World Trade Center in Baltimore, yeah, right? Fabulous, had fabulous. about 170 of my uh, best friends in town in Baltimore celebrating. We had we had a, uh, you know a singer. We had DJs. We had you know, people, you know, doing the photography with a fabulous food. Fabulous spread. Everybody product. loved the food. Yeah. Everybody loved the food. And, you know, so it was one of those magical evenings that was, you know, and everybody was like super well dressed. You know, it was just one of those magical, magical it. evenings. So, uh, but Gloria uh, said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, um, your birthday present is going to be a trip to Bali. Yes. And I said, a trip to Bali? I must be doing something right. My boys <laughs> come up to me and they say, you know, Man, she giving you a trip to Bali? What the hell are you doing? Why is she with you anyway? I said, man, you don't know, man. You don't know what I got to do, what I do. Oh, please, oh, you don't know what I do, man. I must have some skills. That's what I talked to him about. But anyway, so, you know, so we did that. We're going we're going to uh, back to Bali, right? But then I said, you know what? I'm looking at that part of the world. And I'm saying, you know, we, we, we could really stop in Japan or Korea, Vietnam, or Singapore, you know, around that area, Dubai. And so that's what happened. So we added, we added <laughs> yeah, to Bali, Dubai and, uh, and, and Vietnam, Korea and, um, and Singapore. Singapore. 
And so that's that's, that's going to be the misrepresentation. So, so mis that was misrepresentation. Oh, so she she gets that portion, that Bali portion. But I have to support the other portion, <laughs> the other four countries, <laughs> right. whatever. But you guys, it's going to be such an amazing trip. We've talked to so many people who are so excited about us going because they've never gone and they've never even thought to go. And then there's a couple of people who've said exactly what we should go, what we should do when we go because they loved it, absolutely loved it. So we're very excited we love, about this. We love traveling. We just love traveling we around. We've been to a number of countries around the world in the years that we've been together. We've been together, by the way, for 32 Years, yeah, thirty-two years. Uh, yeah, thirty-two years in yes. August twenty-seventh. So just a few days, we're going to be thirty-two years. That's our, that's our, yeah. our celebration coming up, and we will celebrate twenty-six years of marriage while we're in Bali. While we're in Bali, and you will celebrate a birthday and my birthday, celebrating his birthday, right in yeah. Bali. <laughs> Somehow, you know what I mean. That's why we're your favorite couple because we're banking on the banks. Banking on the banks. There yes. you go. So that's been our summer. That's been that's uh, the uh, near future uh, going on. You know, um, and uh, we're just we're just celebrating life. I retired a few years ago, sort of. Not. Uh, he had failed at retirement. Like, how many times did you fail at retirement? Three, uh, three or, or four, four times. times. You yeah. know. So now I'm doing uh, global uh, financial work. Um, you know, some going all over, so you know, much doing that, on. and so that, that's been good. On. And that's been a that's been a great. Uh, it's been phenomenal. It's been yeah. really phenomenal because he's really captured this dream. This is a an example of having a vision and really working towards it, right? And not being afraid to change. Not being afraid to change. And you being know. one to serve on a global level. So it's <laughs> it's exciting to have the adventure. Because even when we were talking about packing yesterday, he says, "Well, you know, I might have a business meeting here and there." I'm like. I thought this was a vacation. <laughs> I got a couple meetings I got to do. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so the question of the day is, what should you look for in a partner? What would you look for in a partner if you were looking for a partner? Yeah, which I am not looking for a partner. <laughs> but if I was looking for a partner, uh -huh. I, you know, you want you want somebody who who who's similar in your in your spirit, mm -hmm. who's similar in your vibration, who, you know, does the kinds of things, is interested in the kinds of things you might be interested in. I mean, not totally, but you know, that there, there's gotta be there's gotta be some sort of uh, similarity. Mm -hmm. And so uh and, and you're not you're not trying to force things yeah. things together. Yeah. So for instance, you know, when well we met, um, you know, I was engaged the first thing that engaged me about Gloria was her magnificent smile. You know, she's got a great smile. And so when I when I saw that smile, that kind of that kind of engaged me. And then she, you know, of course, you know, you want somebody who's attractive to you, right? Now it doesn't have to be. I don't know what I don't know what attractive is. I'm not going to say what. But Gloria was attractive to me. I thought she was absolutely gorgeous. And so that that attracted me. And then so that that conversation. And then you have to find out, you know, beyond the initial attraction, what the person's about. You know, what are their what are their core. Um, um, uh, what's the, what's their core? What's their default? You know, mm -hmm. are they are they uh, you know are they forcing being happy or are they a happy person? Are they happy inside? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, so you know, I, I, and I, and are they a loving and trusting person? I found out Gloria was a loving and trusting person when we first met the first day we met. Let me tell you the story. And so we met at a place called Wet and Wild in Florida. And it was it's a water park, <laughs> and so we we were there, and you know I had I knew we were talking, and we were sitting and talking, just you know you know we just kind of met, just kind of grooving, you know, getting to know a little bit about each other, and I and I um, and I said to her, I want to get one of those little lockers, you know, those little lockers that 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 big, you know, at the 
at these parks where you can put your little stuff in, you take a key. And so I said, I'm gonna go to the locker. And I said, Gloria, and, and I said this as a courtesy, do you have anything that you would like for me to put into the locker? Now this is back in 1990, right? She hands me her purse, her purse with all her money, her car keys, the plane tickets when you actually had to have I tickets. I mean, right. she just hands me her life right there, you know? And I, I looked at her and I said, you know, she don't know me. I could just go and walk out the park with this thing. You know, she don't really know that. But I put it in the locker. I lock it up. And I, and I, I just start shaking my head. Like, okay, you know. but you know when you know when you know. And I knew. I didn't necessarily know, but I knew. I felt it. You know, you talked about when you feel the person, when you see. I can tell you the moment, the second I saw Ken. And this is not normally my deal. But I saw him in a pair of yellow, of orange swim trunks. And he was checking into the park. And I was driving in the rental car. And I looked over and I said to myself, didn't say it out loud, but I said to myself, ooh, he is so attractive. For me, I know I look for confidence. I know I look for a powerful man. I know I look for a decision maker. I know I look for someone who's ambitious. I know I look for someone who has a very similar energy. And I know I love people who make me laugh. And you mm -hmm. did all of that in like 30 seconds. It was like, we got to talk about that. You know? <laughs> How did I that mean, happen? <laughs> it was really, really clear. And right. so when right. I think about um, what I looked for without knowing I was looking for, because we weren't looking for. Right. We a weren't looking for, you know, I, in fact, one of, the, one of the first things I said in this, in this <laughs> together was, you know, we're going to have a great time, whatever, whatever, but I'm not getting married again. I'm just late. <laughs> it wasn't no whatever, whatever. It was, hi, my name is Ken and I'm never getting married again. That's what it was. And I'm serious, y'all. In the first 15 minutes, it's like, hi, my name is Ken and I'm never getting married never again. Never getting married again. <laughs> and I'm I not said, doing well, it again. I advise you not to talk to me because you're going to fall in love with me if yeah. you do talk to me and I'm getting married in five years. Right. So we got married in six years. <laughs> Because Six years, because I didn't, wasn't going to do it in five years. You know, I just, I just wasn't going to do it in five years. But, it but he was decisive. You see, when he said what he said, he was confident. He was decisive. He was in control of the conversation. And I appreciated that. You know, I always say to him all the time and over and over again, it takes a strong man to lift a strong woman. The other thing I loved about Gloria was that she had a vision for herself. She had a vision about where she was going. She just wasn't, you know, she was she was happy in what she was doing and she had a vision for where she was going. And all from all all those years, so the 30, 30 years plus that I've been with her, she's created this vision for herself and she's achieved her vision. And that's a powerful thing. When you can find people who 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 want to, who have that spirit within them, who want to achieve, who want to do more, who don't want to just sit home and, you know, do, you know, watch TV all day long. She wants, she wants to go out. She wants to get it done. She wants to make it happen. And that's what I really appreciated about her. And I think that's where our values really lock in. Mm -hmm. Because when I first met Ken, he started talking about what he wanted to do. He started talking about, and not just what he wanted to do. He was talking to me to me about how he wanted to serve the world, how he wanted to do a school for young boys, how he wanted to work on an international basis, how he wanted to live in another country. I mean, he was talking about all this, like in our first conversation and those first conversations that we had, we talked till four o'clock in the morning. I mean, remember the ants were biting us and we were still talking, <laughs> <laughs> but we were still talking and we were still laughing. And we first had right. our first meal together 
talk about trust. He told me all about his life. I told him all about my life. Remember, we were not looking for a relationship, but it gelled so so strong. But I also tell you that we are opposites in many ways. And so sometimes we talk about opposites attract. And we right. love that piece of it because it really does balance each other out. And you got to be comfortable with those opposites, you know, yes, so the opposites kind right. of, you know. So what are our opposites? Talk, talk about our well, opposites. I like to check a bag and you like carry on. <laughs> I like that to trust. Opposite, right. And he does not. Don't trust. You know, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I, I trust, but I mean, I trust Gloria and I trust people but there's you I know just walking up to people way, no way better at money management um it's who he is it's what he does it's what I, I admire about him a lot and so it's not surprising that he just left the position of chairman of the board of the federation <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising that he would laugh like that when i say stuff like that because of who he has become and what he has taken us through. Oh, so boy. that makes a difference. And you know what? Yeah. The other thing uh -huh. that has been big is our family, family. and how we've grown in our family, how we've yes, yes, uh, yes. blended our family, which was huge. And, and I, I want to say that, you know, th and this is this is part of you also want to have somebody who brings you along in a certain aspect, you know, who can help you in certain. I mean, there's no sense in being together if you don't if you don't offer anything to to each other, right, right? right? And so, what what Gloria has clearly offered to me was her, her, you know, she came from a family structure that was very strong, very solid, you know. And so, and I came from a family structure that wasn't as strong, wasn't as solid. My father was was an alcoholic. There was, you know, there was a lot of things going on, um, and it just wasn't the same kind of, you know, family upbringing that I had. And so, when we got together, you know, we have we we each have two. Two children. We each had two children when we got together, so we shared four children. And uh, and but Gloria's the one that really pushes the, the the whole family. She wants to be so inclusive. She wants to pull everybody together. And and it's something that I wasn't used to. Something that I, that I hadn't seen. And so you know she's she's brought me along. You know so every year at, at you know we we have the grandkids uh, at least at least once probably twice a year. We have uh, we have a huge Thanksgiving uh, which is. Uh, which is almost like a family reunion because it lasts a week or more. You know, <laughs> people come in the Monday before Thanksgiving and they leave like the Thursday after Thanksgiving. You know, everybody stays here at the house. We have about 40 people come in and about, you know, about it's 30 of them. 30 blast. of them just live that's right in the house. Kids everywhere. And it's so much fun. People are up all night long. You can't get any sleep at any time. I don't care if it's 4.30 in the morning. People are laughing and playing cards, whatever they're going to do. We have a grand time, but Gloria's the one who brings the energy, brings that, you know, the the demand that everybody gets together and everybody loves it from the from the babies and to to the, you know, to the, the you know, older, older folks. My mother is here, she's at 92 years old. Yeah. She loves it. Everybody loves Love. it. So Yeah. So it really doesn't make a difference. But your point, which was well taken, which is people who bring you along, people right. who show you another way, mm -hmm. people who help you see things differently. And Ken, yeah. I will tell you that I've loved travel. But his level of traveling has taken me to a whole nother level. And what I mean by that is what you see and how you look at it and how you venture with it. I cannot wait to go on this trip because what he sees and the way he sees it and the way he explains it to me takes me to a whole nother place in my perception of what you can gain from traveling. So I absolutely love that we can operate in each other's world, that we can 
navigate each other's world right. and that we're comfortable if we can't make it. One of the things I've loved about him is that he's given me the freedom to be where I need to be. And he has the freedom to be where he needs to be all the time without any guilt. Also what I've loved, can we just say this? Because mm-hmm. I think this is understated. When you walk into the room, what I have loved about Ken is that I never have to worry if he's handling himself. I never look over there to see if he's having a good time. I never have to look over there and wonder if he um, is uncomfortable in the situation. He not only walks into the room and is comfortable in the situation, but he's very purposeful in making sure that everyone in that room is comfortable in the situation. And I just want to tell you that that has been such of the biggest reliefs for me, releases for me, that you just love to make everyone feel phenomenal. One of the other things that I think is critically important, and it has been our journey for the length of time we've been together is that we don't argue. I mean, we don't, we don't fight. I mean, we've had, you know, the arguments that we've had, you probably count on, on both hands, mm-hmm. maybe three hands. <laughs> <laughs> but very rarely do we, you know, we, we, it, we have disagreements, but we, we don't, you know, it's like we, we usually negotiate them or, you know, just talk about it or laugh about it and say, you know, that's but but there's we don't put energy behind the, you know, anything. We don't put energy behind, you know, so many it's things. It's a discussion. It's a discussion. It's a conversation. Right, right. And it's based in respect. Right. So if you choose to love someone, then the way you treat them, even when you're upset or uh, there's a misunderstanding, it matters. Right. It really matters. Right. And we don't tear, we don't put, put each, each other down. down. You know, so I see, see that, yeah, unless I'm joking. <laughs> and he's a real good jokester. <laughs> but we don't, we don't do that. You know, we don't purposely, you know, we're not trying to diminish one another. Right. I see so many couples that try to diminish one another in, you know, whether in public even, or even behind doors, you know, people are talking about, you know, this and that. I mean, I tell Gloria, I, you know, I've never spoken negatively about you outside of this relationship. I don't do that. Why? Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't understand that, but I know a lot of people do. And, and I think it's somewhat unfortunate, but we don't, we don't do that. We, we, we kind of, we support and, and try to lift one another instead of, instead of diminishing one another. So I'm thinking in terms of, if we were, if I were to give advice, I would say that's one of the things that I would, that I would make sure that, that, you know, that whatever the relationship is, that it's, a, that it's solid and it's, and it's, and it's supportive and it's a, and it's a giving relationship. I really do believe that people who have a long-term relationship, it's not always smooth. It's not always right. It's not always comfortable. It's not always easy, but because of the level of commitment and the depth of the faith, which supports that relationship and that commitment really will make you ride the hills and the valleys over the long term. And I think that's what we've done. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, boom. Your favorite couple. Thank you on the box. <laughs> so one of the questions is, what are some of the keys to success of becoming an entrepreneur? Mm. And I know that Good there's question. definitely different layers to it, different components to it. The one I want to bring up first is how do you master going from an employee to an entrepreneurship? Because a lot of people get so caught up in the dream of being an entrepreneur, but they get so nailed down in the environment of employeeship that they can't make that move. And I first thing I want to say to you is that you have to think differently. It is a mindset. You have to think differently when you're an entrepreneur than when you're an employee. So you have to be able to take the risk, but it's a planned risk. You have to decide on yourself whether you can just jump out there, bam, I'm an entrepreneur or like me, 
I had to work my other job for a significant amount of time as I built my entrepreneurship because it wasn't a situation where I could just leave. So I, my theory has always been or something I've always said, my slogan has always been, I can do anything for a short period of time as long as I don't have to do it for the rest of my life. So it was hard to do a full time job and build the entrepreneurial business until the entrepreneurial income surpassed where I was making on my job because I was in the midst of divorce and I had two young children. I was becoming a single parent and that was my thing. So, you know, I want to tell you that you have to learn to think differently and you have to decide where you're going to sacrifice. I think that's, that's great. You know, being an entrepreneur is, uh, I'll say it's no joke. I'll say it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a lot of things. And, you know, I remember first when I first became an entrepreneur, um, you know, I was working 18 hour days, seven days a week right. for months in a row. I mean, I, I, for the first five, six, seven years, I was just you know, nose to the grindstone and really, and just working because, and so you don't know, uh, you know, I owned a, a commercial construction company for uh, almost 40 years and a real estate. A very developed. successful one, I must say. And I must say that as a wife, it was so cool to drive through the city and see his name on the billboards. Accept it. We've got involved in some very big projects. Uh, some of the projects were the the, the Hilton uh, Hotel in Baltimore, the new clinical building at Johns Hopkins, a huge six hundred million dollar project. Um, you know, sports arenas, et cetera, et cetera. So we wound up. You know, the first years were not that. <laughs> believe me. You know, and then, and then you move on and, right. and, you, and you develop skills and you, and you develop you know techniques. Um, but you know that you, you have to be dedicated. I think, in terms of being an entrepreneur, there you know, it, it, it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not for those who, who want you know the stability of knowing when that check is going to come in from from a job, but it but it but it goes to those people who are, are just desirous of of seeing what they can do in the marketplace, seeing what their skills are, seeing if they can you know. Of course, when you when you're an entrepreneur. The you, you you are you know you're the final you're the final say you yeah. have nobody to complain to no right. you got no boss right. you are the boss right and so you do it you make it or you don't make it on your own and so that's the I think that's the advantage I think you know as Captain Kirk would say there's nothing like sitting in the captain's chair right <laughs> but this I mean this is um um I I I think if you have the mindset if you have the willingness and the, and and the, and the knowledge and it's it's something that you always have to keep. You're reading about always have to you know you have to have certain knowledges you have to have some knowledge in 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 taxes you have to have some some knowledge in insurance and 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 risk of, uh, aversion you have to have some knowledge in in human resources you have to some have some legal knowledge you have to have regulatory knowledge i mean there's a lot of different things that being an entrepreneur is you have to you don't have to be a lawyer but you have to have some skills to understand what needs a lawyer and what doesn't be, be able to understand the uh, process. We got very involved in doing joint venture projects and that was a very litigious, not litigious, but a very legal heavy sort of, you know, information. They had to merge two companies uh, right. that becomes one company and you take that one company and you, and you do specific projects that is, you know, somewhat difficult, but that, that skill has, has you know developed into other things you know globally now, but um, but being an entrepreneur, I think is um, what is it? What would you say? What kind of personality would you need to have to be an entrepreneur? You know, I think that there's a lot of different personalities that fall into being an entrepreneur. And I want to say that Gloria has particular <laughs> expertise in in developing women to become entrepreneurs. And I I'm an entrepreneur myself, but. I don't necessarily develop other people to become entrepreneurs, but 
Lord, this is her expertise. I'm... Thank you, honey. You're Thank welcome. You. Thank you. <laughs> I want to answer your question about the personalities because I think that's a really important question because I think that when people look at role models and they see this person and that person and this person and that person, they get confused and they don't do anything and a confused mind does nothing. And we are both entrepreneurs, but we're very different entrepreneurs. Ken can handle the details. He's just great at the details. I can handle the people. I'm just great at the people. So, But I will tell you what I've watched from him and I've learned from him and I've learned from many other very successful entrepreneurs is who's in the room? Who's in the room with you? If you're the biggest thinker in the room all the time, you're never going to change. You're never going to be pushing yourself beyond the point. And so Ken and I used to go to different events and he would watch the room and who's in the room. And because everybody that's in your space is going to impact you, either going to take you up or take you down. No one is going to leave you exactly the same way that you walked into the room. So if you're becoming an entrepreneur or if you want to take your business to yet another level, look around and see who's in the room and be intentional about placing yourself where you're going to be shifted. Because once you can be shifted, you're going to think bigger. And I remember you shifting from a construction uh, owner of a construction company to a massive real estate developer. And I remember you placing yourself in different conversations, going to lunch on a consistent basis. Remember that lunch on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he was taking people to lunch and he was learning. And he was getting in the room. So getting in the room so that you can not just rely on your own vision, but other people that are around you will create a vision for you to grasp hold of. Because having role models and mentors in front of you can be a very masterful piece of moving your business One forward. of the things I did as an entrepreneur is I had a board of advisors. Yeah. And I put a board of advisors together in Baltimore that was second to none. Stellar. I had stellar. I had stellar. one billionaire on a board. I had one man who was the head of... Uh, uh, you know, another a real estate development business. Another another man was head of uh, a, an investment firm, a multi-billion dollar investment firm. I mean, this was this was an incredible board. People were like, how did you do that? How did you put that together? But so many people had. Re One of the things that, that I had in, in business was was trust and respect. I always did what I said I was going to do. And I think that's a critical component. Right. Of because we've seen businesses where people come in and they and they and they want to take your money and they don't want to do the work. And so one of the things that I I I developed the trust and respect of the business community in 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 the Baltimore Washington area. And that to me was is worth it's, it's worth anything. I can I can go with, I don't have right. you know, you don't want to be in business and have to look over your shoulder, right? You know, because you didn't pay somebody. You didn't do right, this to right, somebody. Right. You know, you got you you want to you want to walk with your head held high. And so I was never concerned about the money as much as I was concerned about the work we needed to do and 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 the honesty that we would that we could give to the project and the best do the best we could probably do for our clients. One other thing about business is you want to treat your clients like gold. Right. You know, so much easier. It is so much easier to retain clients than to get a new client, mm -hmm. especially in my in my work, but mm -hmm. almost in, in right. any in any field. That's right. You know, don't don't you know, treat treat your clients clients like gold. Make sure that they are happy, that they are satisfied in, in the work that you, in fact, I like, you know, I love the term, you know, under promise, over deliver. Right. And so when you deliver more than, than, than the person expects, and that's, that's really great. And so. Treat your team like they're gold. In, in other words, treat everybody big. And it comes back to you. The way you put things out is the way things come back. So if you treat a client great, they not only stay with you, they bring you more great clients. If you te teach and treat your team great, 
it will grow in the direction of your vision. They'll be excited to participate in where you're going. They'll want to come up with new creative ideas that take you places that you would not even thought about. But because you've treated them the way they deserve and more, they bring you that and more. And it makes such a big difference because if you don't have a great support team, if you don't think about the growth, if you don't think about the people that are participating in the vision of where you're going, no one's going to go with you. Not a client, not your team, not the money, not the vision not the results. And you mentioned vision a lot. Mm -hmm. You mentioned vision four times in that last statement. And vision is, is critically important. Vision is the mission statement of your company. Right. And so everybody in your company, uh, it, whether it's one person or a hundred or a thousand, they need to know and understand the vision. They have, to, they have to buy into the vision, your vision of where you want to go, where you want the company to go, what, what you're going to give to your clients. You, you have to be clear. It has to be a very, a very, um, uh, sharp understanding of what your vision is and everybody has to buy in to the vision or they can't be a part of the team. The team is moves as one. And when somebody wants to go to this left or to the right, that's not the team. They can't be on a team. You got to have the, the, these people on the team that are moving forward in the direction that you, that you want to, to go into. Um, I remember, so, you know, we need to talk about when I took over the Grand Prix. Oh, <laughs> my <goodness>. You're talking <laughs> about it. That several entrepreneurs in Baltimore decided to bring the um, the Baltimore Grand Prix to the city of Baltimore, which is a, a race in the city. So you got to really shut and down the city. The city yes. Yeah, Lord. you got to build all these barriers with fences and grandstands and stands and, you know, these walkways over the track, you know, several areas so people can get inside the track and outside the and track. And business I mean, has to keep going while you're doing has all to keep this. Going. There's hotels, there's restaurants inside the the perimeter, yep. or, you know, and then and outside the perimeter and, you know, travel, all, everything is changed. You know, you have, you're doing the streets, you gotta, you gotta get the streets super smooth. So you got these contractors in that, that are, that are sanding down the streets, you know, right. to make them super flat for the race cars. And so, you know, so these guys had this great vision and, and raised money to, to, you know, bring it to Baltimore. But uh, what happened was uh, they weren't very, very good business people. And so they started to fail in their in their uh, in, in, in getting this. And so they asked me to take over the race about eight, uh, three months, three months prior to the, the the race day. They asked me to take it over, and that was a that was a total. You're talking about because I, I thought about that because you're talking about a team. They have 40 mm -hmm. people that were working for the company, and so and so I don't know any of, any them, of right? right? I don't know right. any of these people, but I had to sit down and talk to each one of each 40 each one of those 40 people. I said what what. What is your name? <laughs> and what do you do here? Right? And what do you do? And what's the progress of what you're doing? And let me see what that what that is. And and so is what needs to be done. And are you on schedule or not on schedule? And so I had to fire about half of the team because they weren't getting things done. They was walking around doing nothing. And so so half of that I had to fire the race director. The race director, the man who ran the race. And so I don't know anything about racing, right? right? I'm, just, I'm, I don't know I'm, anything I'm about racing. You, like, but I know that the race director wasn't getting it done. So I had to fire the race director, find another race director, come in and pay him a ton of money, but had, had to, to get, get somebody done. to come get in to done. get it done because it had to be done. There's no option. There's a, there's a time when it has to be done. Everything has to be finished on a certain time. The team has to move together. And I, and I've got, you know, the team was 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 phenomenal. We worked constantly, Day consistently. I even stayed night. in the city of Baltimore at one of the downtown hotels for for the for the final thirty days. Gloria would come and bring me my 
couple of shoes, a couple of pants. I couldn't go home. I, need I socks, never, boy. I, I need could some socks. not okay, go okay. home. I had to be there. We worked at three, four o'clock in the morning. I, and I sometimes I walk back to the hotel and I see that the office, the lights were still on. People were still working at three or four o'clock in the morning. We were up, you know, continually making sure that this way. So the team was together. I had to get the team to, to pull together. All we had one mission. The mission was to get to get the cars running in the same direction on race day. That's all that's the mission. That and that but that took thousands of different things. That mm-hmm. that took security. That took that took, you know, the the, the healthcare um, the providers to, to make sure that, that and all kinds of volunteers. Had, you know, two hundred volunteers on the race. I mean just everything had to be done and and but we were able to get it done mm-hmm. one of the best best races that they've ever that the drivers say that they, they've ever been involved in was that first race in, in baltimore that was such a huge time and that, you know that talks about when he even describes it now the degree of hustle there's so many components to entrepreneurship and he just talked about one of the biggest ones, which is the vision that you have to have and then the work that goes behind it. Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs undervalue the type of work it takes to become so successful. When he was so passionate about that race, it didn't feel like work. It felt like he was winning right. every single moment, every right. single moment. He would call me. He couldn't even say on the on the phone with me, but the passion came through. The determination came through. There was no option. Those cars were going to we go around not that fail. city. And he was going to make it happen. So it was exciting to watch. Again, he created the room. Sometimes you walk in the room. Sometimes you're the one that creates the room. And so for that race to come in there and to take something over from someone else and everybody was aligned with the other person. So, you know, there's a lot of dynamics that you had to pull together to make that off. And it became such a successful venture for you and such a, a cornerstone in what you were doing here in the city, here for the state, here in the political realm. It was a masterpiece, and I loved watching you do that. Thank you. You're welcome. So here we are at the end of the show, and uh, we're going to do uh, the word of the day. The word of the day uh, for this particular segment is adventure. And so we're going to talk about that. What do you tell me about adventure? Oh, my God. When I first started thinking about this word, I said, one of the things that you are for sure, and we have become, is adventuresome. And so I think that the word adventure will ignite some dreams and some hopes in some people's eyes because it's daring. It's different. It's risk taking. It's fun. What is it for you? Well, it's the same. I, I, and, and, but I, I got to tell a story. I got to tell a story. <laughs> when we first met, I talked about this before, a place called Wet and Wild. And, and I, I do love adventure. You know, I'm the guy to get on the on any ride at the amusement park. Yes. Right. You know, I don't care if it goes straight. You know, I love all of that stuff. You know, but I wanted to know if my my potential, you know, girlfriend was going to be <laughs> adventurous. And so and so we were at this amusement park and it was it was super crowded, super beautiful day, but super crowded. And it was the the, the wait to get on these rides for 20 minutes, yes. 30 minutes, you know, the long lines to get on these rides, except for one ride. Except for this one day, it was a sliding board. I tell you, it, was a, it was 150 feet in the world in the, in the air, and you're going around this tower, you go keep on going up and up. And this thing just shot with straight down. It was basically a sliding board with these little sides on it. And can you imagine you had, you know, you're as high as a 12-story building, whatever, and you're looking down, and it, here is, you know, this thing, and they shoot water down it. And so when you take off, it's like boom, you just fly down this thing. There's nobody. Nobody wanted to do this ride. That's it. Let's do this one. She said, okay. 
And so we climb up, we climb up, we climb up. It takes minutes to get up there, right? Oh my we climb God. up, we climb up, so we climb steps. up. And we get to the top, we're on the platform. And I said, all right, go ahead. And without hesitation, without hesitation, she jumped on that sliding board and shoot, shot down that thing. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, that's the girl I want in my life, you know. And so I got on there and I shot down that thing, you know. I mean, you, you, everything. I'm still not marrying you. I'm still not marrying right, you. right, right. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But I, but I also see that you know since then we have been skydiving together. So we've jumped out of a plane together, and and we've jumped off of boats and bridges together. In fact, we just did uh, when we were in Martha's Vineyard. We did. We, we jumped off a bridge. <laughs> I think we, you know, I, anyway, we, we jumped, we got, we, we held him, we stood on top of this bridge, and we got on top of the rail on the top of the bridge, and we took off and jumped in, into the waters off of Martha's Vineyard and swam back to shore. So, I mean, we will do the adventurous thing, and I think traveling is adventurous, going yes. to places where you don't speak the language. You can't, you can't right. read the symbols, you can't read the symbols, you know, the letters, and, you know, you don't know. You, Everywhere. And, and very few people speak English. Yeah, so we're, but we're going. We're going to be in Seoul, uh, Korea, in a, in a few in a few days, basically in a in a week or so, and we're going to you know we're going to just be there, and we're it's going to be an adventure. It's got to be an adventure. It can't help but be an adventure, right? You got to navigate your way through this kind of stuff, and you figure out where you know who you are, where you're going, what you're going to eat, can you and imagine? how you can handle it. How about yeah, that? How, we, how, how do you handle it? Because how do you handle it? Right, you can handle adventure. You know, I you, said to him a zillion times. If anything happens in the world, the one person I want to be next to is you, because you can handle an adventure. <laughs> or a tragedy. Right. <laughs> or a catastrophe. Unfortunately, right. <laughs> but so, you can handle it. You know, and so that's going to happen when we get to those restaurants and and we look at the menu. We won't know anything about what's on the menu. You know, we look at it and say, what do you want? That. One <laughs> that. And, and we would just be praying that that is something we can eat, you know. They bring something in. Oh, don't, don't. Because <laughs> he'll look at him like, it's an adventure. <laughs> it's an adventure for you. <laughs> right. So adventure is 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 going into the unknown. Mm-hmm. It's finding a space where you, but it's not convention. It's it's outside of your conventional world. It's outside of something that you normally do. Right. And and I, and I think that adventure is is part of. That's where life begins. Mm-hmm. When you when you leave convention behind and you leave behind all that's normal and all that's and all that we do on a regular basis, on a routine basis, um, adventure is is outside of that. And so I like to live on the outside of, of that of that space as much as possible. I want to live in the unknown as much as possible. I don't want to know what's going to happen every day. I don't want to live a life where you, you know, at six o'clock you're here, at 6.30 you're there, at seven, at seven o'clock you're something else, and then you drive to work for 11 and a half minutes and you get there and you did, I don't want to, I've never lived a life like that. And so I want to, I always want to live on, on the, the side of adventure, the side of the unknown, the side, the side of when I can look at things and be, be in awe of a certain thing because I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. You know, one of the things he says all the time, all the time, just let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, do Let's just do it. Let's, do Let's it. just do it. Let's do it. So we wish for everybody adventuresome yep. lives. We are so excited to have you on this episode of Banking on the Banks. You're going to follow us on Instagram at the official Ken Banks. Yep. At Gloria Banks. Mm-hmm. Right here. Right here. 
follow us on YouTube, and you're going to be able to hear us on Apple podcasts. Apple Podcasts yes. and Spotify and yes. any other place where podcasts are shown, we're going to be there. We want you to like, share, subscribe, because we're so glad that you're with us. And we want you to be banking, banking on, on the, the banks. banks.